Well, good morning. And you know what? This morning, I want to say well done. I want to say we did it. Congratulations. It's like I want to hand out a merit badge to each one of you. We made it to week 11, I'm pretty sure it is. Don't quote me on my math because it ain't my strong point. But I think it's week 11 on the Love One Another series. We did it. You know, over the last 10 weeks, you know, well, actually, before the 10 weeks started, if you remember, when I was sending out a plug for this series, I said it was going to be the series that we didn't know we needed. And you know, it's shaped up to be just that, especially for me, I know it has. Over the last 10 weeks, I don't think I've been more intentionally challenged about the way I love God and the way I love other people. And, you know, I have dealt with the tension between reacting and choosing my response and loving. I have had to um, be confronted with and work out what I'm going to do with the decision to love when I don't even feel like loving. I've also learned a lot from others over this last 10 weeks. I've had real life opportunities where I can choose to love, where I can choose to spend more time with Jesus being loved by him and then outworking that by loving others. And I've spent a lot of time reflecting, reflecting on my own responses, my own behavior and my own intentionality in loving others. Now, hopefully to the people who are closest to me and who, who get to spend time with me, they would say, yeah, 10 weeks ago, you're not the same person that you are today. You are more intentional about loving. But you know what? I haven't arrived. I certainly have not arrived. And I feel like today it's I, I would tend to agree it's just the beginning, but as, as we were just moving into this transitional bit here and Julie was finishing speaking and I was coming up to speak, it was like I felt God say to me that it's the time where we understand what unconditional love is. We're about to start to learn the fact that love gets rid of our excuses. And that speaks to me more than anybody because, hey, I'm good for a good excuse if you need one. If, if I need a reason for my behavior, you've come to the debating team captain here. She will help you out. But here's the thing, love removes our excuses because love is what we are pursuing. Love is our motive. Love is our highest goal. And I'm pretty much preaching the whole 20 minutes I had prepared in this one second right here. Love removes our excuses. It does. It gets rid of the but I and the why not and you should have. It really does. And I'm not saying love justifies the wrong people does. I'm not saying that because we all got to learn the journey of love and some of us get along the journey a bit quicker than others. But what I'm saying is love removes the excuse for, you know, when we know love, it just removes the excuse for not choosing love because you want to be love. You want to show love because you know the love of God. You want that just to move through your life. And that's just a thought that's come to me that I believe the Holy Spirit's come. And if it's come out as a jumbled mess on the other side, I'm super sorry about that. But that is just what God is saying. Love is going to remove our excuses. And I know that speaks so loudly to me. I'm on this journey. As I said, I haven't arrived. And I wonder if you think about the last 10 weeks, what could you say about you? Are you the same person today that you were 10 weeks ago? Has love begun its perfect work in you? That's what the word says to us. Love does its perfect work in us. Has love done its perfect work in you? Are you choosing love? Are you pursuing love today? You know, the last 10 weeks have rested in these three words, love one another. 
Now, this isn't a new concept to today, and it certainly wasn't a new concept to the 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth. You know, obviously, there'd been a lot of people not loving one another, hence Jesus needed to come on the earth, but it was generally the consensus for most of humanity's living on the earth, that we love one another, that we do unto others as we want to be treated, all of those kinds of things, right? But here we have Jesus some 2,000 years ago reminding us that we need to love one another. Now, the thing about Jesus is that when he says something, he's always going to say it in a way we haven't heard it before. And we've rested this series in the words penned in, in the book of John. John was Jesus's best friend. And so if you're going to take some advice from someone, you're going to take it from someone who knows them well. John knew Jesus well, and he writes these words down many times in his book. So I'm guessing Jesus said it more times than what we actually have it written. Because at the end of his story, John tells us, if all the things Jesus didn't say were written, we wouldn't have room for all the volumes of books in the world. So Jesus has said this so many more times than what he's actually quoted as saying. But here Jesus says this in John 13, verses 34 and 35. And now I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And if you have loved one for another, then everyone will know that you are my disciples. What I love about this is that Jesus tells us what we already know, love one another. And then he tells us it in the way we haven't heard it before. Love in the way that I have loved you. Jesus gives us the basis for our example of love. And it's not the tally. And it's not how your parents role modelled marriage. And it's not what you read in, in those lovely Harlequin Quinn romance novels. It is Jesus. Jesus is our basis for the example of love. He is the example. Love as I have loved you. And when I, when I saw this again as I was preparing for today, I thought about this. How has Jesus demonstrated love up until this point? He says this to a group of people who have been walking with him for a number of, of years now. And he says, love like I've loved you. Well, what would they be thinking? Well, how does Jesus love? He chooses people and accepts them. He heals people. He feeds people. He restores people. He gives them back their dignity, their sense of purpose. He calls them up into a higher potential. And can I just add, he does some of this just by hanging out with people. You see, Jesus saw Zacchaeus in a tree and he said, dude, come down. I want to have dinner at your house. And he just sits there with Zacchaeus and has dinner. He doesn't point out, Zacchaeus, you're a dirty, rotten thief. He just says, hey, let's eat bread. Let's break bread. And while he's doing that, Zacchaeus goes, you know what? I'm going to give back to everyone I've taken from and I'm going to give more just because he hung out with Jesus. And that's what Jesus does for us. He doesn't hang out with us and go, well, you really stink when you did that. Or you know what? You really missed the boat there. He just hangs out with us. And you know what? Because we see what Jesus is like and then being human beings, we look a little inside and we see what we're like. We realise it doesn't quite measure up, but we see the potential that we have inside Jesus and we go, that's what I want. That's what I'm aiming for. That is what I'm pursuing. And that is love. Jesus called people by name. He forgave people. He ate with people. He cried and mourned with people. He comforted and encouraged people. He spoke the truth. He defended people. He calmed their fears. He served people. He saved and rescued people. And he came through for people with various signs, wonders, miracles, and answers to the questions they'd been asking and seeking. In short, Jesus loved 
people. So imagine this, Jesus' biggest act of love hadn't yet been demonstrated. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. And here he is telling people, love people and do it the way I've loved you. Now, if I was sitting back there, I'd kind of go, Jesus, they're pretty big shoes to fill, you know. You asking me to love the way you love, you do all of that. But they'd already had a little taste of being able to do it like Jesus. Because you see, he sent them out in groups and said, go do what I do. And then they came back and they were like, oh my gosh, we did it. And you wouldn't believe it. It actually worked. We did it. So they thought, you know what? It's hard, but doable. We will love like you love. Now imagine thinking about these words on the Saturday after the Friday. That Friday when he died on a cross, where he spread his arms for the sin of humanity and said, I'm going to die for you. Now imagine seeing he's just been whipped beyond recognition. He's been nailed to a cross. He's bleeding out. He's breathing his last breath. Imagine thinking, love like I have loved you. I don't know about you, but I'd kind of go, um, maybe not. <laughs> you know, like you've just given everything Jesus you just gave everything and you're asking me to love like that I, I don't know I just don't know but imagine thinking about that on the Sunday after you've seen the stone rolled away imagine thinking about those words during those 40 days when he's walking the earth with you before he ascends up into the clouds into heaven and imagine thinking about those words after the Holy Spirit comes when you're in the upper room on that day and you now have the empowerment to live the way of love Imagine thinking, love like I have loved you. I've got a feeling that you're going to kind of go, I know it's going to be hard, but I know it's going to be doable because he's given me the ability to do it. Nothing God sets us up for does he go, now go do it, you're on your own. Everything God sets us up for, he is walking with us every step of the way. In fact, if I know God like I think I do, he actually goes before us into the situations and he's waiting for us to get there. So love like I have loved you isn't so much a test where God's sitting back going, now let's see how they go. It's a, it's a journey. It's a walk. It's an encounter where he says, let's do this together. You know, over the last 10 weeks, we've explored so many ways, um, practical and spiritual, so that we can get into the groove of loving one another well. And I just want to just recap that for us. You know, can I encourage you, jump on our Spotify channel and listen to the podcasts again. Get um, Tim and Julie and Matt's messages and, and Peter McHugh last week. How good was that? Listen to them over and over again because loving one another isn't done today. Loving one another is something that we could actually talk about every Sunday for the next 50 years and we still would have a new idea and a new understanding of what it is because love changes us it changes us what I understand today I prophesy in part about today but in five more years I'm going to understand something else because my journey is forward moving in Jesus so you have permission to grow in love today you do not have to feel that you have arrived and if you make a mistake that's okay learn from it and grow from it you have permission today to grow in love so there's another way to live, the way of love. We opened with saying, let love be your motive for life. Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit is the empowering to live and love like Jesus. He is our helper. Be discipled. Loved people love people. When you spend time with Jesus and you let him love you, then you can love others. 
Do life together. You're not meant to be alone. Passionate people are passionate about people. You need to check your circle. Who are you? Who is encouraging you? Who are you accountable to? Who is speaking words of life into you? And who in your circle are you doing that for? We need to go full circle, yeah? We can't just go in, in, in with nothing to give out. Who are we doing that for? Generosity, be generous like your heavenly dad. Lavish love like he does. He does not withhold love from anyone. And he wants us to lavish love like that. Mutual submission, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What Christ has done for us and who he is in us, the fact that we are all made in his image and created of God and bear the very breath and image and DNA of God in our lives, that should be the motive to to submit to one another, to honour one another, to put others first. And when we talk about love, I want to remind you, it's not the warm and fuzzies. It's the hard kind of love. It's the loving even when you don't feel like it. It's the loving when it requires. It's the sacrificial kind of love. And it's the being like Jesus kind of love. Because in his letters, John tells us, God is love. You know, let me remind you a few weeks ago, I said, God doesn't do love. God is love. It's his very nature. He cannot be anything contrary to love. So if you want to know what love looks like, just look inside the book. Look inside the book and you'll see pages of love letters written to you. If you want to know what love looks like, spend time in the presence of love. Encounter love. Let it change you because you cannot be in the presence of Jesus. You cannot be in the presence of love without walking out different. It's just what love does. A little while after Jesus walked the earth, a guy called Paul had an encounter with love. Now, Paul was a Christian killer. Let's call it for what it was. Anyone that followed Jesus, Paul had a bounty out on you. He was going to get you. And then he had an encounter with love. Did a 180 and became one of the leaders in following the way. Which way? The way of love. And Paul pens some words about love, which I just want us to explore a little today. Now, you probably can't go to a wedding without hearing these words. But I reckon Paul didn't have a wedding in mind when he wrote them. These are actually words for life, words for living. Paul actually sat back and said, what does the love of God look like? And then he wrote these words. He wrote in the book of Corinthians, chapter 13, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy It does not boast. It is not proud. This implies there is going to be times when your patience is tested. It doesn't say, hey, love is a joy ride. Woohoo, you got it. Hey, love's hard work, but it's worth it. You get to choose to be patient. Like, you know, when you've told your kids 45 times to do something and they still haven't, you get to choose to be patient. (laughs) I'm preaching to me, yes, Yes, children, I see you on the other side. I'm preaching to the mums and dads. But it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It gives us the choice. It's saying there's going to be times when we're faced with tough situations and feeling for a second something that's contrary to love. Guys, that's just human nature. But we get to choose a higher way. We get to choose to go, God has a better, better option for me here. What is that better option? It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. He does not say the way of love will be free of anger. He says, hey, it's not easily angered. 
He says, you have the opportunity to love in spite of how you feel. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. See, love always believes in something good. It keeps on trying and love never fails. I'm just going to quickly read that very same verse for you in the Passion Translation. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. It never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat and it never gives up. Love never stops loving. You know, after Paul pens this chapter, he actually has one more thing to say about it. He's like, I'm not quite done yet. I have one more thing to say. And in chapter 14, he says this, let love be your highest goal. Make love your life's mission. Let love be your highest goal. Now, I'm a translation geek. I like to look how other people say it. And these are some other ways that it's said in in, in different versions of the Bible. Follow the way of love. Pursue love. It is love then that you should strive for. Or, as Brian Simmons says it, so above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. You know, what I love about this and I love about this statement is that it makes love intentional. It is something that we aim for. Love will not happen by accident. It just won't. I I can do a lot of things by accident, but, you know, sometimes if I defer to what comes by accident, it doesn't always look like love. Love is intentional. We decide it is the way we want to go. We decide to pursue it. We have to be active in receiving love from God and others and giving love to God and others. What I know about love is that it's like a muscle. The more you work it, the stronger it gets. And then the more second nature it becomes. Love is how we express our faith. It's how we show who we belong to. It is how others see the evidence of Jesus. Love is how people know God is real. See, God is love. And if we show love and we know God, then we are showing others that God is real. Love should be our highest goal. You know, we live in an age where we're all about mantras. We're all about life goals. We're all about words to live by. But just imagine if we all took a post-it. Probably should have written it back to front, sorry. (laughs) If we all took a post-it and we all wrote, let love be your highest goal. We stuck it on our bathroom mirror and every time we brushed our hair and, or put on our makeup or washed our hands, we saw those words in front of us. Let love be your highest goal. If we had a daily reminder in front of us that says, there's a higher way, there's a better way and you choose it today, how would our lives change? How would the world change if everyone just took those words seriously? Let love be your highest goal. You know, not my need to be right, not my need to have more than you, not my need to be heard because what I have to say right now is really important. Preaching to me. <laughs> You're nodding, aren't you, husband, on the other side of that camera, aren't you? Yes, pre- preaching to herself. But you know what, guys? 
love, connection, grace, forgiveness, honour, kindness, authenticity. What if those things were our life mantra? What if that is what we pursued? What if that was our highest goal? You know, the world's been singing about it since the 60s, but probably beyond. But we sing what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Let me tell you, it's what the world still needs. Because deep in the heart of humanity, there is one cry, and it's to be loved. And, you know, you will never fully know love until you know Jesus, because God is love. You know, today you can fill that void in your life by actually coming to Jesus. Today you can say yes to experiencing love by just simply saying, Jesus, I want to meet you. I want to know you. I want to know what love is. You know, today I just want to give an opportunity for anybody who might be out there who doesn't know Jesus yet, who perhaps hasn't encountered what real love is yet. Somebody who is going, I, I, I hear what you're saying. How do I get this love? Or, or I want to know this love. Or I want to give it a go because everything else in my life I'm trying just isn't working. If what you're saying about love is true, then I need to know it. I need to know this way of love. And I want to give you the opportunity for that right now. I want to invite you to pray with me. We're just going to say a really simple prayer, just asking Jesus to come and live in our hearts and show us his love so that we can know it. So would you join with me today? Jesus, I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I believe you died on a cross and rose again. I receive your salvation today. I receive new life in you today. Amen. Amen. God, I just pray for every person today that has prayed that prayer for the first time. And God, I say, pour out your love like never before. Pour it out like never before, that there would be such an encounter of the love of God, that they would be forever changed by this moment. God, that they could set their calendar by this moment to know that's it. That's the moment. That's the moment love walked in and I was changed. You know, love covers a multitude of sins. Love erases so many things that have gone wrong in our past and love gives us hope to keep hoping for a better future. Love teaches us a new way to live. So God, I pray that for every person who prayed this prayer in their heart today, that they would encounter you. And if that was you today and you prayed that prayer, would you let us know? Go to our website, manninghamcc.org. Just fill out a contact form and say, hey, I said yes to Jesus because we want to celebrate with you. We want to pray with you. We want to be able to start you off in an amazing way on your Jesus journey. And just like we prayed then, that's what the Jesus journey is. It's just every day waking up, choosing love, getting to know Him more and seeing His perfect love at work in your life. You know, for everyone listening today, the message has been, I think, super simple. Let's choose love. Let's make love our highest goal. You know, the Message Bible says it like this. Go after a life of love as if your life depends on it, because it does. There's nothing else that matters. Everything else fades away. Everything we work for, every success we try and chase, it all fades away but love is the one thing that remains. So when you're a follower of Jesus, love is what your life depends on. It's us 
being receiving God's love and being in His love. It's us being changed by His love and it's us demonstrating His love to others. So quite simply, just go love. (laughs) Forgive, heal, speak life, give love. Just love like He loved you. I'm just going to hand it over to the worship team now. We're just going to sing a little about the good.